This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Minnesota Vikings, the NFL, football, yeah, football. Welcome to Purple Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here, along with Joe Caparoso. I will call him uh, my favorite Jets follow by far on the interwebs, and he runs TurnOnTheJets.com. All sorts of uh, good stuff from Joe. Great follow on Twitter at Jay Caparoso. Joe, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Now, let me start before we get to Sam Darnold and what the Vikings are up against with Sheldon Richardson, he is returning to the Meadowlands here, and uh, is it still the Meadowlands? People call it that. MetLife Stadium now. No, 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 <laughs> no, Joe. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna stick with Meadowlands. As long as you don't call it John Stadium, I'm happy. Okay, yeah, all right, that'll work. MetLife Stadium. I think I even wrote the Meadowlands in an article. So I've just that growing up, it was they go out there and it's. You know, Marv Albert or something. Welcome to the Meadowlands. Well, anyway, okay. So MetLife Stadium, fine. We'll go with that. Sheldon Richardson, Mike Zimmer today was uh, applauding his professionalism as a member of the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm curious, Joe, from your experience, having Sheldon Richardson there, make a name for himself, but then also have some issues with the New York Jets and ultimately get moved by the Jets. What your thought is on whether this is sustainable for Sheldon or whether it's him on a one-year deal trying to watch his P's and Q's? Uh, I would probably skew a little more towards the latter. I think Richardson had a really good start to his career with the Jets. Obviously, he was the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, was a real pleasant surprise that year with how explosive he was and being a disruptive playmaker. Continued to build on that in year two. Had a nice year on a really bad Jets team. And then some more of the, you know, trouble started. And yes, he had a couple incidents off the field with driving. He dealt with a suspension, uh, in back to back seasons. But I think what was most concerning, I mean, beyond that was the consistency of his play at that point. Hmm. Uh, and some periods of a lack of effort and just a lack of production. Uh, there were flashes of greatness at times. He'd have, you know, one or two games here and there where he'd be completely dominant, but the consistency wasn't there. And it, you know, it folded in well with Mo Wilkerson and a period where the Jets had all this talent in the defensive line, but they weren't actually producing. And I don't think there's a Jets fan out there who regrets the trade that they pulled off for him, where they got a second-round pick and Jermaine Curse. 
uh, back. And Hurst has been a really productive player for them, probably more productive than anybody thought. And that second-round pick was part of the package that was used to go up and get Sam Darnold. Yeah, that's really interesting because I, I've expected exactly what we've seen from Sheldon Richardson, which is a guy who's been engaged. He has been media friendly. If you want a Sheldon Richardson interview, you can definitely get it this year. But as far as signing him to a long-term contract, Joe, I, I think there's a reason why the Vikings were able to get him at such a reasonable price on a one-year deal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is his third team in three years, right? You know, he's bounced around between the Jets, the Seahawks, and now the Vikings. It's going to be very interesting to see what the market looks like for him, uh, depending on how the rest of the season goes. There's no doubt that he has the physical ability to be one of the better, if not best, interior defensive linemen in the NFL. But it's a matter of consistency, and it's a matter of can he stay clean off the field and not get hit with any type of suspension. He's already been suspended, I think, five games by the league and once or twice by the Jets coaches throughout his career. Yeah, that's definitely a concern if they do decide to go forward with him. Let me switch to the rookie roller coaster at quarterback. I mean, you start out, I'm sure Jets fans were um, booking their Super Bowl tickets to Atlanta after week one. It was a, a pretty darn incredible game by Sam Darnold. And then, you know, the next couple of weeks, there are some rocky times. And then he's come out of that on the other side with great performances against Denver and Indianapolis. How do you assess the rookie performance so far from Sam Darnold? I think it's been positive. I, I think, you know, for a 21-year-old rookie, the youngest starting week one quarterback in the NFL since 1970, I think through six games, it's been generally encouraging. Like you said, there's been some ups and downs. He struggled on a short week against a, against a very good Cleveland defense on the road. He struggled in Jacksonville against a very good defense on the road. But he's evened out his play the past couple of weeks, and he he's aggressive and he attacks down the field and makes big plays in the passing game. He's got seven touchdowns on plays of 20 yards or longer, and you know the seven interceptions is concerning. But I think one thing that's a positive is zero fumbles, and that was a big knock on him coming out of USC. And he hasn't had a single fumble yet this year. He's got the nine touchdowns to go with seven interceptions, and he's averaging 225 yards passing per game with sort of a rotating crew and cast at running back and receiver. The Jets, I think, have six different players who have over 100 yards receiving this year, three different guys with over 200 yards, and have had six different guys which have separate 50-yard games. So it's names like Chris Herndon, Robbie Anderson, and Terrell Pryor, and Quincy Inua, who unfortunately is now hurt, uh, turning out production. You know, Some of these guys are a little underrated league-wide, but it's still not generally considered you know, your top 10 household names of skill position talent. And Darnold's still getting it done and still producing, I would argue, at a rate equal to, if not better, than every other rookie quarterback. So when I watched Darnold at USC, I was very interested in him just because of the hype coming into his final year in college. And the one thing I took away after seeing five, six games of his was this man can make big-time throws with the best in the NFL. But, of course, there are still some of those throws that would you, you would put under the ill-advised category. Is that what you've seen a lot of? from him is making those special throws and, and like you said, being aggressive? I think that's fair. It's a fair way to categorize that. I mean, he is not someone who is going to check the football down to pad his completion percentage. He's not someone who's going to throw a three-yard swing pass on third and nine uh, and take the punt or take the field goal. He waits and looks to throw further down the field and attack past the markers, and that has led to some big plays, but it's also led to some turnovers. You know, he had an ugly interception last week against the Colts, uh, where he kind of predetermined before the snap he was going to go to Robbie Anderson down the sideline, ball got intercepted by Malik Hooker, 
uh, the week before against Denver. He had a tip pass interception. Uh, had a couple interceptions against Miami in week two, one of which probably wasn't his fault. Uh, but I think that's part of it. And, you know, he throws 13, 14 interceptions this year. I don't think that's a disaster as long as he's still throwing, you know, over 20 touchdowns as a rookie, which I think is an impressive threshold to clear considering, you know, the Jets roster and coaching staff uh, around him, which I would say is generally considered middle of the road by most for league standards. So, so how do you think that he has adapted to just the confusion that uh, NFL defenses can cause? Because I watched last week Mike Zimmer just toy with Josh Rosen, and, and Rosen has no weapons, and his offensive line is abysmal. It couldn't possibly be worse. So that was part of it. But also, especially on third downs, Arizona went 0 for 10. And when I went through the tape, it was a different look every single time, pressure coming from different areas. How has he handled that? I think he's handled it pretty well. There were definitely some times against Cleveland and Jacksonville where he looked a little rattled and, you know, seemed to be second guessing himself a little bit. But as someone who watched, you know, some of the Mark Sanchez start their entire <laughs> rookie years, uh, there, and again, this is a low bar to clear with the right. two, but there's just such a big difference in how much more composed he is mm. and how even if he does make mistakes, he has a short memory and is willing to still play his game after that. There's no moment where he really looks completely overwhelmed out there. And you see that so frequently with rookie quarterbacks. You look at Josh Allen, you know, putting up games where he goes 10 for 18, 50 yards, and he's taking, you know, sacks for 16-yard losses. We haven't seen that with Darnold. Even when there are negative plays, he seems to find a way to mitigate the damage and not look like a chicken with his head cut off when he's running around out there. So Minnesota is going to be a much harder challenge than the Broncos or Colts were. Those are two teams who have struggling defenses. It is good that the Jets get them at home, but Donald's going to have to play without a new who has been his top receiver overall this year. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge for him, and hopefully he learned a lot from going against those Cleveland and Jacksonville defenses. So I remember back in whenever it was, March, whenever the Kirk Cousins signing came down, that one of the New York papers came out with a column that was just demolishing Kirk Cousins and saying that you know the Jets got off good by not bringing him in. And I, I think we've seen that Kirk Cousins is a very, very good quarterback, but maybe not one of the elite quarterbacks. Um, I look to you, Joe, for more reason Jets takes as opposed to let's see how hot we can turn it up. Um, tell me how Jets fans feel now with just a little bit of time to reflect on Kirk Cousins not signing in New York and instead drafting Sam Darnold. Look, I think most Jet fans understood and were interested in going after Kirk Cousins, considering how rare it was that uh, a quality starting quarterback hits the free agent market like that. Uh, it became pretty clear early in the process that the Vikings were going to be the favorite. Jet fans didn't want to hear it when people like myself and other people were saying they're probably not going to get him. Uh, Cousins didn't even humor them with a the visit. I don't think it's that insulting. I mean, the Vikings were in the NFC Championship game last year. Mm -hmm. The Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. The Vikings have a much better built-in infrastructure to immediately compete for a Super Bowl over the course of a three-year deal uh, than the Jets do, who are really more framed up to hopefully start competing next year or the year after. So I think it worked out well for both sides. Personally, I've always been a little lukewarm on Cousins. I think he, I think he's a very good, a good to very good starting NFL quarterback. I was a little hesitant about investing that much in him because I just wondered if it, with that much money in him, invested in him could you build a good enough roster around him to knock off new england uh, and compete in the afc or would you be better served 
having a rookie on that rookie contract. And I was someone who was particularly high in the top three quarterbacks in this class, Mayfield, Donald, Rosen. Uh, I, you know, I would have been okay with Landon Cousins. Uh, but I just ultimately, again, I still wonder uh, what his ceiling is and if he could clearly kind of break into being, you know, a top five or six quarterback in the NFL, if he's really more of a guy who's in that, you know, nine to 11, nine to 12 range. So at the end of the day, I think it worked out well for everybody. Jet fans will, you know, definitely be, you know, talking a little trash and booing cousins at the game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think everyone's happy to have a 21-year-old starter in Sam Donald, and I think the Vikings are happy that they have a veteran quarterback in Cousins that they believe they can win a Super Bowl this year with. I think it's just very hard if you're the Jets to take too much offense to that, right? I mean, the, the Vikings have not had the number one defense this year, but it's still talented and, and still could uh, improve, and we've seen signs of that. But if, if you're Cousins and you're looking at the roster and you say Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, a proven tight end, number one defense, stable organization. I mean, it's very hard to say, and maybe different taxes, Joe, possibly different taxes. I'm not an expert in that area, but I mean, it's, it's, I think it's easy to understand if the guy's goal is to go a place where he can win. If anybody's going to pay him $30 million, that it would have been Minnesota instead of New York, because there's a lot more building to still do in New York, as opposed to with the Vikings. Yeah, I think it made sense for Cousins at the stage of his career that he was at uh, to go to the Vikings. It's a very rare situation where you have a team who was on the cusp of going to a Super Bowl who has receivers like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Rudolph and all the other weapons that they have uh, to have that option available. So I, I don't, you know, hold it against them. The Jets would have, been, you know, have more had more of a road to go uh, to build to being into a contender, and the Jets, you know needed a long-term solution. Uh, maybe not a guy who was only going to be here for two or three years uh, with Cousins. So I think they ended up, everything ended up breaking, right? And credit to them that after Kirk Cousins said no, they immediately picked themselves up off the mat and pivoted to their plan B, which was bringing back Josh McCown, signing Teddy Bridgewater, and then aggressively moving up from six to three in the draft. So they had multiple different avenues to potentially address quarterback and everything happened to break right for them where they were able to get the guy they had as their number one quarterback overall at number three, keep McCown as his backup, have Bridgewater look good enough in the preseason to merit getting a third round pickback, which helps mitigate some of what you gave up for Darnold. And, you know, again, you just look at how they handled quarterback and, you know, some of it's luck, but everything broke well. And it's a really a credit to Mike McCagnan. Do you feel like weird that they were that competent? And they handled it almost exactly right. Everything went according to plan. Uh, look, it's been a rarity, definitely, for this team <laughs> over the past few years, especially at the quarterback position. But good for them for having a plan B and having multiple options in place and being able to uh, mobilize against them. You know, The rest of the roster still has a couple issues. Uh, I think a lot of them have been swept under the rug because they've had two really nice wins the past two weeks. This is probably still a 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine team this year. And that's okay as long as they continue to build in the right direction for next year. Uh, but getting quarterback right is more important than anything else. Okay, Joe, before I let you go, tell me about Jamal Adams, because when I look at him, and I haven't watched uh, every Jets game back yet so far in preparation for this game, but he, to me, looks like your version of Harrison Smith. It's a great compliment. I mean, I think Smith is you know right up there with being the best safety in the NFL. Adams is an absolute monster in the box, and when he's coming downhill against the run, he's improved a lot in his ability to cover. I think that was a bit of a weak spot for him throughout his rookie year and probably what held him back from being someone who was in defensive rookie of the year discussions. He's definitely gotten better at that this year. Uh, got his first interception, had his hands on some more footballs. 
uh, and has just been a little more consistent overall in that area. And he's only 23 years old, and he's definitely the emotional leader of the team. He's a, is a really fun guy to watch, plays with a lot of passion, uh, definitely talked a lot, and, and that's okay as long as we're going to back it up. And, you know, this defense has been a little inconsistent, but they've been better the past two weeks. Uh, but he's definitely a fun player to watch, caused, you know, Force fumble last week when he came crashing down in the box uh, and has been involved in a couple other turnovers already this year. Well, I'm interested in to see how this matchup goes, Joe. I, I think that the Vikings look at it as a take-care-of-business game, that if they're going to be a real Super Bowl contender, that they should beat a team like the Jets, but also uh, after losing to Buffalo up here, there's no time where you can ever say that the Vikings will certainly just take care of business here. I, I think this could be actually a close game. Yeah, I think it will be a close one. I think the Vikings are definitely catching the Jets at a good time. Uh, starting safety, Marcus May is not going to play. Uh, the Jets are likely to be without potentially Tremaine Johnson and or Buster Screen. That's their starting outside corner and their starting slot corner, although there's a chance that one or both of those guys could play. But if they do, they still may be a little banged up from the past few weeks. Uh, so the Jets, it's not a good week to be banged up in the secondary, considering Minnesota's passing attack. I think mm-hmm. more than fair that the Vikings are three or three and a half point favorites or whatever they are. I think the Jets, you know, probably lose by, you know, six to eight points. This is a competitive game, but I just don't know that they have enough firepower uh, to keep up with the points that Minnesota is likely to score in their defense. All right, everyone, if you're interested in what's going on with the Jets, turn on the Jets.com. Joe Caparoso does great work. Follow him at J-C-A-P-O-R-O-S-O. Joe, great stuff. Great to talk to you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Purple Podcast. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.